Thank you for tuning in to this message from Kingdom Airs International, headquarters located in Flagstaff, Arizona. Are you guys excited for tonight? I have been uh, physically on fire all day long. Uh, I am not quite sure. I mean, I know why. I mean, I'm always, I'm always on fire. But there's something about a tangible uh, expression that is going to be manifested tonight. So just really excited about a couple of things. There's a few things that I want to do. Um, I'm trying to, you guys know how this is where I'm like, okay, pause. Let me lean in to figure out which order I want to do this in. But I wanted to do a few things because I wanted to honor uh, some of our family that we've been matched and connected to is here in the house, Uh, basically that whole back row. Um, I wanted to just, uh, okay. And for, and I don't want to, oh man. Part of the reason why this is so intense is I've been here already. Like I've, I've, I've seen tonight already. And so, it, uh, so there's, just, there's just some intense intensity with that, but I don't wanna dismiss th- those that are online as well or those that listen on podcasts. In fact, I really felt a fire the other night when I woke up in the middle of the night that um, I just kinda wanna release over those that, uh, that he is outside of time and that those that listen to podcasts, whether you're uh, like Derek and you're running on a treadmill or you're in a vehicle going from point A to point B and you hear my voice, that everything that is released tonight would be activated within and it would be uh, just, it would permeate deep, deep down and it would be, and it would continue to unfold, that it would be just a breath of fresh air and it would be life at any time that, that the, that his word just begins to speak. So we just appreciate our online community and those that uh, those that get tapped in. And, and like I said, we have some family that have been online that are now in the house. And that's always uh, a huge blessing. And so I wanted to just introduce uh, all of them. So you guys know that I have talked about Avi and Ima. Yes? Okay. I want to clarify a couple things. Can I do that? Because I've had a lot of people tell me, oh, so, you know, Avi. And they thought his name was Avi. So I need to just kind of re like I just need to kind of take a couple steps back and I need to explain some things okay and I'm hoping that you guys can hear this in the in the spirit and hear this prophetically uh, a special supernatural encounter happened while we were in Albuquerque with this family in the midst of that encounter how many of you know like I said he is omnipresent and he is outside of time so sometimes there are things that are for our future that begin to unfold and manifest on earth, but I will step into that unfolding and I will call it as it is now. So there are some things that got unleashed while we were in Albuquerque to the extent that we felt by the spirit, Yahweh specifically told uh, Padrino to call Avi, Avi and Ima which is a very special, sacred, significant name that came straight from heaven. It is Hebrew for mom and dad. That happened by the Spirit. Do we understand what the fullness of that meant by the Spirit in that moment? No. I have no idea except for a bunch of crazy people who said you've met your match in covenant. And I am stepping into a destiny. I'm stepping into a scroll and saying that is going to unfold as we walk out covenant. But we're stepping into that. And so that, that was a name that God had given us, that Yahweh had given us for Avi and Ima as mother and father. Their names, though, are Andy and Mary Garcia. 
So whatever Yahweh tells you to call them, call them. I'm sure he will embrace anything. But I just wanted to make sure that you, that, that was clarified, that their names are Andy and Mary Garcia. They have four beautiful daughters. Two of them are with us. Sarah is back there. Wave your hand. Uh, we have a word for you, by the way, tonight. Uh, Rachel is the baby. She's over there. Her husband, Josh. And then they brought their friends, Teresa and Leo, who are a part of their kahal as well. Beautiful friends. Super, exci- super excited to have them here. So, uh, I, so I wanted to start with this. Do you guys have that picture ready? Uh, so Avi texts me and goes, two hours before tonight. Avi texts me and he says, just so you know, we have one of the greatest teachers from our Kahal coming to the house tonight. Thank you for that, Avi. I'm teaching. So I found a meme for how I feel. This is now how I feel, because I'm on fire, and I've got some eggs, and I've got a pan, and I've got a stove, and I've got fire, but I have no idea if we're going to come out with scrambled eggs. I don't know what is going to happen, but here's what's so powerful. All I am is a vessel in the kitchen. Amen. All I am is a flow saying, I'm a mama who wants to cook up something for you. If I do not know what I'm doing, well, I do because he lives in me. But if for some reason it comes out like that, I got a bunch of sons and daughters that go, mom, go sit down, I got this. And then you go home and you turn off the stove, take the pan, put the shells away, see? And then you clean up the stove and you, you, that's maturity. If it comes out like this, mom, sit down, I got the rest of the week to do whatever you were doing, amen right okay so even though that's how i feel i feel okay that we are a group of sons and daughters who are mature in our uh, identity that are going to be able to take what comes out tonight and we are going to begin to work with that throughout the week amen okay all right i'm taking can i take my shoes off they're super cute but (laughs) did not last that long okay Excuse me. I want to do something different tonight. And uh, for, for, for those that came from New Mexico, this is something that they've been doing for over 20 years. And most of them know our story that we are uh, about, what, five years, six years into the process of stepping out of religion and into nothing <laughs> to finally be attached to our Hebraic roots and our original intent. And so uh, a couple of Fridays ago, we got to experience uh, breaking bread and communion in a fresh new way, did we not? Well, tonight we are going to usher in Shabbat in a fresh new way for us, even though it is something that you guys do every single Friday. And so I wanna talk about Shabbat. That's how we're gonna start. And the reason why I'm doing this, if I can just impart this into your spirit right now, is I want us to understand the beauty of Shabbat because after that, we're gonna get back into demolishing the heritage that was a lie and into the heritage that's the truth. And part of that is I wanna be able to express the beauty of the things that we're gonna be attached to before we just come in and demolish all the things that we don't wanna be attached to. Does that make sense? If I come in and I just say, you're not supposed to do this and you're not supposed to do this and we've been lied to about this and you're supposed to do this and you don't understand the significance of it, that's where the fight comes in. Well, but I want Christmas. 
but I want Jesus. You know, there's that fight. So it's like, okay, well, in order to kind of alleviate that fight, I felt that Yahweh wanted us to express the significance of Shabbat, which is just one of the aspects tonight that we're gonna talk about. Then we're gonna go through a review of some of the things that we've been going over. If you guys remember the pillars, okay? We are in the first or second pillar of the second floor, which has to do with heritage. That's why we're talking about heritage. What we have to do as a family is we can't just embrace all this heritage without breaking down the wrong heritage that's been handed to us. I made a bold statement a couple of weeks ago that gave me a lot of questions. And I'm gonna say that bold statement again and I promise it's gonna come full circle. Are you guys okay with me making that bold statement again? I said something super bold and the question was explain that to me and I'm hoping that by the end of tonight you are going to be able to have some bullet points of what I mean when I say something as bold as can I say that Christianity is antichrist? We're going to go over that tonight, okay? So we're going to go over a review of some of the stuff that of where we've come from and where we should be coming from and then we're going to uh, tap into some things. Is that okay? Does that kind of give an overview of tonight? I like to give an overview so you kind of know where I'm going because I go on a ton of trails. Does that make sense? <laughs> that was my daughter. <laughs> um, okay. So um, I actually did not ask permission to do this, but Rachel, would you be willing to do the Hebraic blessing side of Shabbat? For, for the candle lighting. Do you guys know that? You know, you can read it. When you hear her voice, you can, you, can, you, can, you can breathe it, read it. I don't care. When you hear that language come out of her, you're going to be like, what? The beginning of it, I, I'm, I'm going to practice because I, I want to, I, I know the beginning of it. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu. Right, those are things that we're beginning to learn, but I want her to do the fullness of it. But I want to talk about Shabbat. So, um, after that yeah you go ahead you can come up here with me I'm not really quite sure on the order of all I mean the amazing teacher is here in the house <laughs> so this is me stepping out into my destiny knowing nothing about my destiny but saying I want all of my destiny and what I know is that I've been lied to and what I know is is that there's something called Shabbat what I know is is that there's a significance of two I do know that. I do know that there is a blessing. I do know that Shabbat is Friday night. I do know that we were told and commanded to honor the Shabbat, and yet we don't even know what Shabbat is. Okay? We know that Friday night, do you guys understand? I kind of talked about this. Um, I'm going to get into the words and all this. I want to do the blessing because I want to start the night, but I'm going to break down Shabbat because I want us to understand the beauty of this because... How many of us could get into tradition and it become tradition again? And you just do the same thing over and over again. You don't know why there's two candles, right? You can have a community that's been doing it for 20 years and they don't know why they're, not that you don't, but they don't know why there's two candles and they don't know what they're saying and they don't know why we do this. This is what it means to be young and to always be boldable and to be teachable. So typically what happens in the house, the matriarch of the family, isn't that just beautiful? Just say law right there. The matriarch of the family. You know the matriarchs that have been told to sit down, be quiet, you don't lead. 
the matriarchs of the home, they, they, begin, they, they light two candles. Do you know what the two represents? There's two times in the Torah, Exodus and Deuteronomy, that says what you are to do with Shabbat. And it says to observe, it says to remember, and it says to observe. You need to remember Shabbat and you need to observe Shabbat, not the robot, Shabbat. <laughs> remember and observe. Think about us as a people. We are entitled, we don't remember. We don't observe anything but ourselves. And he says, remember and observe. And what is it that he is telling you to remember and observe? He is telling you that this is the beginning. It's not quite sundown, but what's happening as she begins to do this blessing is the matriarch of the family lights the candles right before sundown because sundown, darkness means that it's the beginning of a new day. You get to start your new day right now. His mercies are new every day, right now. You don't have to wait till tomorrow at 6 a.m. Yeah. Right now. How powerful is this? You've been going through your work week. You're getting on, Friday's crazy. Then we gotta go to Kingdom Airs. And we're eating pizza. <laughs> and then we get in here and we're, and it's just Friday. And then how many of you feel like, ah, oh, tomorrow's my day off? No, right now. Right now is the beginning of your time where what you have done is you have toiled all week long and you get to step into a time that says, mark this day, not just as a day of rest, but as the day to stop. It means cease. All that you've been doing all work week, stop. Shift, remember, and observe. Okay, that starts tonight and all day tomorrow. Do you know what that means for us? That means that the beginning of the new week is tomorrow night. What would that do in your DNA, in your homes? What would happen in your homes if Saturday night became the beginning of your week, not Monday morning? Why are we letting our jobs and our bosses and the American culture tell us that Monday morning is the beginning? and not Saturday evening. What does your Saturday evening look like in your family? That's the shift and the beginning of your whole week. You flow out of that time, okay? That's why we stop, we remember, we observe, we stop what we've been doing, we honor, and we, we, we stand in that place of holiness, and it's in that evening, tomorrow night, that you start the rest of your day, not Monday morning. Not how you feel Monday morning, how you feel tomorrow night after you have remembered and observed what he said to do. This brings domestic peace, domestic shalom. You don't have that full displaced chaos type of shalom within your family. Maybe you should start eating by candlelight. This is where the romantic, I remember I talked about this, the Western culture stole the whole romantic marriages over candlelight. That's Shabbat. Yahweh did that. Josephine's didn't. I'm not that Josephine, I, jo, Josephine's is amazing. I, we got connections that Josephine's is awesome. That's not what I'm saying. But there are, there, you know what I mean? The restaurants and the, and the candlelight dinners did not, where did that come from? Yahweh honors marriages, he honors families, and he honors homes, and he honors domestic peace, amen? This is Shabbat. 
which we know is not Sunday morning. Think about this, okay? We don't talk a whole lot about this, but just think about timing, frequency, healing, being within step. And all this time, we are just out of step. We're like, how about in the middle of the beginning of Saturday night, first day of the week on Sunday, we'll just, now we'll try to step into the flow. We're just all off kilter. We're just, we're just, we're just, we're just 1%. It's just a day. It shouldn't mean anything. It's just in my heart. I'm still honoring him. That's my Shabbat. That's my day of rest. Fine. 1%. 1%, you're still off on that timing. Now you've adopted the Gregorian calendar. Now you have no idea what Tammuz is. Now you have, right? It just keeps going and going and going and going because we have not remembered and observed Shabbat, which is Friday night. How powerful is that? And we're a group of crazy people that are just led by the Spirit. We didn't know anything about Shabbat. But we were like, let's meet on Friday night. Okay, so will you release the Hebraic blessing do you have to have a tzalit? No. Okay. I asked her if she had to have a tzalit. I have one. <laughs> I do have one now. Okay, you release it, and then I will release it in uh, English. Okay. I, I wanted to make sure I did this correctly now that people are watching me. I'm the egg that was on the oven. Oh, nice. There. So <laughs> She'll get cooked. <laughs> I'm like, okay, now people are listening to me. <laughs> okay. Barukata Adonai Elohenu Melcha Olam Asher Kedeshanu Bemitzvotav Vetzivanu La Hadlik Ner Shel Shabbat. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the Universe, who made us holy with His commandments and commanded us to kindle the Shabbat lights. Amen. I'm like, will you just say it in Hebrew one more time? <laughs> just listen, listen to that language. Just. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melcha Olam Asher Kedeshanu Bemitzvotav Vetsivanu La Hadlik Ner Shel Shabbat. Blessed are you, Adonai, King of the Universe, who sanctified us with the commandment of lighting the Shabbat candles. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel, for doing that. Thank you. <laughs> Isn't my sister beautiful? <laughs> Keep it down, Josh. Candlelight when you get home. <laughs> um, isn't that powerful? And the reason why I want us to go through that is because that's been taken from us. We just come in on Sunday morning and think, well, can you set the atmosphere, worship leaders? Could you get me out of this funk? Worship leaders, can you do something for me? Pastor, give me a word. I need my shot in the arm because I've done nothing all week long. Could you feed me? Could you, right? And then you just start in on Monday morning and then your boss sets in and then family dynamic and then it just keeps rolling. No wonder our culture is a mess or that there's not a separate, there's not that set apart. All of this is to remember and observe that we are a set apart people. Now it's hard. It's hard to be a remnant of remnant. It's hard to be a family that says, Sunday, Friday. Try being the only community 
within a, within a community that's already small that says we're not doing it on Sunday and you are called heathens, you are called rebellious, you're, the sin is over there. I mean, Jezebel or, nah, there's no competition now anymore. That, that's, that's, but he said to remember and observe. Why are we compromising with the 1%? Well, everyone else is doing it. Who said Sunday? Do you know who said Sunday? That's what we're gonna get into. Do you know who said Sunday and do you, do you know who leads Sunday? And then us Christians were like, yeah, that sounds good. Sun God, that sounds good, it's for the sun. 1%, that's fine. I'm not trying to release condemnation. We didn't know. But if you know, don't be afraid to step out and be bold and be the remnant of the remnant because this is what he's scouring the earth for. Does that make sense? This is not to just throw down people's throats and be like, you're doing it wrong. I was doing, I didn't, wrong, right, and different. I just want to be aligned. Wrong, right, or did you, do whatever, but I, I want to be in his flow. I want to be stepping into what he said, amen? Okay, so I did a little bit of encountering with Shabbat. Are you guys okay? Do you, let me ask you, the, okay. <laughs> let me ask you this. Can I release what I have? Do you want me just to release what I have or do you want me to release the process of how I got there? If I release the process, it's a lot of trails, but I think it's fun. <laughs> but maybe it's too much and you just want me to say what Shabbat is and I can and I can do that or I can show you how I got there. Process? Process. So in this family, we love what? That is not about the end result. It is always about the process. It is always about the journey because that is what's beautiful. He does not care about the end result. He cares about how you get there, okay? And so I want to, <laughs> we're gonna get into a little bit of the Hebraic letters. You guys okay? Okay. I like this throwing money. It's like a table with the wine glass. Look at that. <laughs> okay. I want to talk about the word Shabbat, which is the Hebrew word for Sabbath. All of us understand, observe the Sabbath day. Shabbat is the Hebrew word for Sabbath. This is how you spell Shabbat, okay? Shin, Beit, Tav. You guys are tracking with me, right? There is a Lf Beit, there is a, a Hebraic language. Good, okay. Shin, Beit, Tav. As I began to, because I, I do not, as much as I honor it, I do not want to get the Hebraic blessing, light two candles, and just, I need it in me. I need to under, I need Shabbat in me, or I will, that's not gonna last for generations. If somebody says you need to do this and you just do it, that is not gonna last for three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten generations. He says, do this for generations. It needs to last. So whatever it looks like for you to get it in you, you have permission. 
And I'm kind of saying that for myself because I told my husband about this and he goes, are you allowed to do that? And I was like, I don't know, but I did. Is that okay? Okay, so one of the things that I do, we all know that the Hebrew language is alive. This little thing right here will change your world because it's alive. In, in, in English, A is A. It's A or A. It's kind of a Greek mindset, two-dimensional. A or A, B, B, that's it. In Hebrew, there's 72 layers to each of these. Does that make sense? 72 layers that you have permission to dive in as deep as you want, and I'm a pretty deep person. I'm pretty sure what I'm about to release to you, I've only, I've only like, and I feel like I am in over my head, but all I did was go like this in the water. But this, does it, then this is 72 layers deep. Then this is 70, it just keeps going. So I wanted to dive into what Shabbat means. And right off the bat, because I do know the Hebrew letters to some extent, through encounter, I know, the pressure that separates you within the house will come to an end. The pressure that separates you within the house will be marked with covenant. What separates you in the house will start over. That's Shabbat. How beautiful is that? It's not just what he said to honor. He's, he's such an intentional God. He's not like, here, here's a cool word. Why don't you honor Shabbat? <laughs> we say it like that. But he said, honor the pressure within the house to mark it with covenant. That's what he says to do. That's what we're honoring. Does that make sense? He thinks like this. He's a flowing breath. It's not just honor Shabbat. Friday night, Shabbat. To him, it's a whole lot. What the the pressures of life throughout the week that has caused separation within your home, within my home, will be marked. We'll come to an end. We'll start over. We'll be transformed into covenant. How powerful is that? Anything you've been toiling with since last Saturday night up until right now, You activate that word in your life, all of the pressure that has separated you within the house is going to be marked with covenant. His promises, his ending, and his beginning. Is that okay? Okay, it gets a little bit, can I just, now we're like knee deep. Is that okay? Okay. Each of these, not only are they 72 layers in meaning, there's also numbers attached to them. Gabby, you're gonna have so much fun because this is where language becomes math and I'm a math person and I'm not a language person. So I just did a couple of things. Shin is uh, the 21st letter of the Aleph bait. Bait is the second letter of the Aleph bait and Tav is the 22nd letter of the Aleph bait. When I added all those up, I got 45. So I decided to look up the Hebrew Strong's 45. You guys are getting a taste of my process. This is just me trying to dive in. What is all this Shabbat stuff? And how do I get this so that it will be birds through generations? Not just a tradition, but something that is alive within me, 
okay? This is how I do this. I look at everything. I look at the pronunciation. I look at the meanings. I look at the numbers. I add them up. I look at them backwards. I look at them forward. I just, I just dive in for anything. That's why when he said, are you allowed to? I don't know, but I will. Because anything that says that makes you closer to me, my daughter, I have permission to dive into. Okay, so 21, 2, 22, 45. The Strong's word, I can't probably say this, albialbone? No. Abailbone? Abailbone? <laughs> you guys were supposed to help me out. <laughs> Abailbone? <laughs> I don't know. Do you guys know what this means? Father of strength. El, which is Yahweh, is my father. <laughs> Fact. Oh, wow. Shabbat. Added up 45, gave me Strong's 45. Led me down a path to Yahweh is my father. Okay, it gets better. He gave me the father aspect. I love it. Okay, so then I thought, all right, well, technically, if I'm going to do, I think it's called gematria or gematria, gematria. If I'm technically going to do gematria, each of these letters have a value. This means it's the 22nd letter of the Aleph Bait. This is the value of Tav, which is 400. Do you guys want to know how to do that? Okay, 2 plus 2 is 4, and it's in the hundredths place. 2 is 2. 21, 2, sorry, 21, 2 plus 1 is 3 in the hundreds place, 30. I mean, sorry, 300. Does that make sense? Okay. So I take these numbers and I get 700. So I decide to look up what 700 is. 700 is noon final. Here's what's so powerful. Wait till you guys catch this. Noon is sun. Air. The air in the house. Okay? Are you guys seeing what I'm seeing? These two letters give you air or sun. Seed. Life. Air, sun, seed, life in the house will find that he is my father. All of that is in Shabbat. That's what tonight is about. That's what all day tomorrow is about, is being a son in a home who will see or find that El is my father. Isn't that powerful? Just by adding, just, just again, knee deep. You can go as deep as you want. It's just knee deep. I almost about fell out of my chair when I saw 700 because that's the value of noon final, which then brought me to noon, and that's how I got there. But isn't that powerful that, again, we're talking about home, we're talking about father, we're talking about son, we're talking about the fullness of who he is and what happens on Shabbat. That is what he is saying to remember and observe. Amen? A little bit more meaning than just, I think I show up on Sunday because that's what the calendar said to do. 
okay? Just a little bit. Are you guys okay with all those trails? Just that that's now, I'm not saying, like I'm not like ordaining like this, like I have learned this from, like he said, are you allowed to do that? I don't know. But it's what I did and it's what he brought out because to me, the moment I see bait, I immediately am attracted to house. And I wanna know what's surrounding the house. And what I'm seeing that's surrounding the house is the finality, I don't even get into that, noon final means at the end, the end of your story as a son. The end of your story as an heir, when in the house, you will see that he is your father. That's Shabbat. That's what, what, what we're doing when we light this is we are, we are essentially what would happen is the matriarch would close her eyes and begin to actually uh, usher in. You're ushering in that day of rest. And like I said, Shabbat does not just mean rest. It actually means stop. Okay, you stop what you've been doing because you're setting it apart and making it holy for him. This is not about a bunch of rules and regulations of what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do. It's not about not doing work. If for you in your house, Yahweh says, don't make your bed. Saturday morning, don't make your bed. Because that is honoring because you always make your bed. Maybe you need to make your bed. Right? This is not about work or no work. This is about, I never make my bed. Make your bed tomorrow morning. Do something different. Stop what you've been doing. Shift and honor him in all that you put your hands to. Make sense? Amen. Okay. What? Oh, yeah, I forgot. I had words for people. I thought you were talking about Shabbat word. That's why I was getting all excited with the thing. Okay, I need some water. I forgot I was gonna do that when I was introducing a bunch of people. Jacob! I feel bad for the people on the podcast. They're like, why are you yelling out random people's names? I was gonna say too, it's interesting when you talk about the name Avi and Ima. Avi actually means the father is the strength of the house, which is just interesting. Mm. And Ima means the mother is the bond of the house. So when you talk about shalom and ushering and peace, that's the importance and the relevance that a mother has in her home. You're the bond of peace in the house. That's major, right? We, we need to honor that. And that's why we do have this culture of honor of women and mothers in this house. <laughs> um. I, I meant to do this earlier, but there were some people, excuse me, that I wanted to honor. And part of it had to do with that meme because it's been a couple months since I've been up here. And it, I didn't understand. I was like, why does it feel like it's been so long? And I forgot that last month we were in Albuquerque during teaching night. And so we had a son and daughter uh, teach. And so I really just felt like I, I wanted to just honor them. And I wanted to point out a couple of things, but uh, Gabe and Ellen, and I know that uh, Ellen is downstairs with the kids. So I'm sure she's gonna want you to record this. Cause she was like, I knew, I knew you had a word for me. But Gabe, if you could uh, raise your hand and you guys all know Ellen, we call her Mia. She's like, do like right now. 
uh, they taught on Shavuot while we were in Albuquerque, and they just, uh, they, they take on the house. Um, they become, they, 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 when you, when you raise them in the way that they should go, the point is, is that they would be raised up that number one, you could come into this community and not really know who the leader is or we, that we could leave and it could be fully functional. And Gabe and Ellen, they step into a place where they not only take over our home, our laundry, our bedding, our kids, they taught, they do worship. I mean, they are just like intense and on fire. And I just, uh, the word that I had for you guys um, was that you guys are a sound that reflects ancient of days that the sound that you guys have and it's not just with your guitar when you're leading worship the what it is that you guys carry there is a sound that comes out of you that reflects the ancient of days and because of that it opens up ancient pathways for others to follow to find the original intent and who they are and that's what you guys carry and so I just wanted to honor them because I just I started feeling like a bunch of my scrambled eggs are not going to turn out because where have I been? And it's just crazy how it feels like it's been a year and Albuquerque was just a month ago. But, uh, but I, I honor them for teaching on Shavuot, which we're going to get into about the feast, how powerful it is that we have Shavuot and not Pentecost. Okay. And then the other thing is a couple of months uh, previous to that, I had another son and daughter tag team that I really felt like I wanted to highlight, and that was Derek, who was up here speaking, and Megan, who is in that chair. And I, uh, I have a word for you, but I wanted to just publicly say that Derek has walked, I, I'm going to say this wrong, but uh, Hokma, Derek has walked with wisdom his entire life. But only in the last six months has he engaged her but he's eating with her, he's dining with her, he's embracing her, he is engaging her to the point that what I, what I know is coming out of him will manifest on this earth. No man and no woman, no eye, no ear has seen, okay? Megan is all about the father's business. And what I felt like, really this is a word for everyone else, not really for Megan, because she knows she carries the heart of the father. But she embodies and carries the heart of the Father. And what I felt like being able to release publicly is that if your pathways vertically are obstructed, we're supposed to be about our Father's business, yes? But if your pathways vertically are obstructed and you cannot hear him, just sit with her for 60 seconds. Not even a word needs to be spoken and you will know what the Father's about because you have been sitting next to her heart. So when the two of them tag teamed, you did not hear that, get that on podcast or go back to live because that was powerful. And then with Gabe and Ellen, that sound and the ancient pathways, uh, I'm just really uh, honored to be in this family. So, and then uh, I told some people that I had some words and then I had a daughter be like, I want it. So now you have a word, Amber. <laughs> I happened to say it and she, she just got in there and she was just like, I want more. And so I immediately began to uh, engage for you guys. This is what I'm talking about, being on fire all day. I began to engage and uh, Yahweh gave me the letter cough, uh, not kof, cough. It looks like calf. Um, I, and I don't know, to be honest, because of the kof and calf thing, I haven't really necessarily engaged this, but as soon as I uh, saw this, I thought this was powerful. The number is 20. It's the palm of the hand. What the mystical side of this letter is that the spirit 
is to be made actual. So whatever is in the spirit will be made actual. To me, that was just such a connection that whatever is in the spirit, it will be made manifest on earth. The other thing was focus and concentration. Focus and concentration so much so, so much so, that you are so focused and so concentrating that you will find yourself standing directly in, the, in, the, in his divine presence. Like standing at attention right before his divine presence. All of that is wrapped into that letter and that's as far as I got and I was like, Whoa. So Amber and Jason for both of you guys and I wanted to honor them because they are uh, hosting, I think their first outside of Thursday night, youth, youth day on Saturday. This is a son and daughter that is leading the next generation way farther than we ever could. And so that is a word for you guys to take into this next week. And then you have a word. Yeah, so actually, if all of you guys could come up here, it's all you guys. Can you open that for me? Well, Sarah, I want you to stand right here and face everybody. And if I could have you guys just stand behind her. Um... So last weekend, we had a chance to talk at our kitchen table. We had a, you know, a few hours. And uh, I can't remember how you worded the question, but I think you said like, what's your passion, right? And we went around the table. And uh, when it came back to you, you, and you can correct me if I, I know it won't be verbatim, but basically you said, I'm a standard bearer. I'm called to carry the flag like they did on the battlefield. I'm the one upholding the standard. You be, I, was, it, was there anything else that I missed? Okay. And as you guys know, mm-hmm. that, is, that is such, God has put that on my heart so heavily that we've taught it here. And I was just, and I was talking to Tanya about it, um, as you guys were leaving and just over the course of the week and praying about it. And I just felt the urgency to give you a banner. And it's not necessarily specific about America, but just the fact of what this represents as a banner representing freedom and liberty. And I, I, want, I wanted to do this. And I believe that Yahweh is in the synergy of this is going to activate that standard bearer calling to a greater degree in both of us, in both houses, in both families. Mm -hmm. And I know because Mm -hmm. of what the words that you spoke, Mm -hmm. I know what's in your heart because it's in my heart too. It's in the heart of these people that the standard that Yahweh gave us to carry, Mm -hmm. the banner, Yahweh is my banner, the Mm bloodstained banner, Mm -hmm. blood over surrender, Mm -hmm. Right, The Buffalo Soldiers, their guide on was a red stripe over a white stripe, symbolizing blood before surrender. And I believe you carry that. And I wanted to, to, as a family, to lay this upon your shoulders with your family standing behind you, that Yahweh is going to bring you to the forefront. Mm -hmm. Can you come up here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yahweh is going to bring you to the forefront. And I just wanted to speak over you in the activation of this, 
that there have been people in history that have valued and honored the standard that they were called to uphold as a guide on you are a guide on you are the person in the military unit that's called to step to the front shoulder your weapon okay you no longer carry your weapon your primary thing that you carry is the standard you shoulder your weapon you cannot carry the standard and a weapon at the same time Okay, so you're called to the forefront so that you can uphold the standard. And there's been people in history that have taken multiple rounds to their body and have refused to let the standard hit the ground. And I believe in the spirit, that's you. You've done that. You've taken shots and you have with your, your, your almost dead body, mm-hmm. you've refused to let it touch the ground. Mm-hmm the standard that you carry, that Yahweh said, I want you to carry my banner because he knows you won't drop it. And so, Father, we just, we thank you. We thank you for the synergy of two houses. We thank you that you've matched us with a standard bearer house, Father. We thank you for Sarah and her calling as a standard bearer, that she's upheld it, even if it means that her dead body would uphold the standard. Mm -hmm. That she has been called a revolutionary. She has mm-hmm. been the one that would, would uh, oppose even the complacency mm-hmm. to the one percent. Yes. She's been the one. And so, Father, I just felt that Yahweh was, was calling you forth in a greater manner. This isn't anything we're doing. It's more of an affirmation and acknowledgement yeah. yes. of who you've been, yes. who you've been walking as, how you've been yes. upholding the standard, and our house recognizes yes. the standard bearer calling. Mm-hmm. And so Yahweh, we just thank you for this opportunity to honor Sarah in that calling, to uphold your banner, that it's blood over surrender, And that, well, we all go through our things. We know that there are ones that we can look to because they will never let their guard down. They'll never neglect their posts. That ones we can look to that uphold the standard to remind us all of where we need to go on the battlefield. And so, Yahweh, we just ask you that whatever it is that you you have for Sarah, that it's being being accelerated or shot forth into a greater a, a greater realm of, of fulfillment and fullness. I almost feel like you're going to be sought out. People are going to begin to, uh, it's almost like you've been carrying it in the spirit, but people are going to begin to recognize the standard waving over your life. They're going to recognize your guide on calling and they're going to come talk to you because they need direction or they need that alignment or they need that encouragement or they need that, that reality check of what it means to truly have freedom and to truly have liberty. So we just thank you, Yahweh. In Yeshua's name, we just thank you that uh, we could be a part of just even recognizing and affirming that standard bearer calling. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. All fired up, man. Speaking of standard, let us leave tonight and see somebody trying to burn a flag outside. <laughs> That'd be bad. 
Oh, um, I don't even know how to follow all that. So, before we go further, we wanted to kind of review um, some of the things that we've hit on because it has been a short while since we've taught, just kind of recapping the things that we've gone over. And just generally speaking, one of the things I wanted to talk about was Hebrew thinking versus Greek thinking, right? We've talked about this. I kind of want to just lay out some real simple differences between the way Western Greek thought operates and the way Eastern Hebrew thought operates. Now, if I asked you um, to describe this, what would you say? Just yell it out. Just describe it. Huh? Black. Eraser. Huh? Rec Styrofoam. Rectangle. Soft. So, it sounds silly, but that's just kind of a simple way of showing how you can take something and observe it in a Greek way. The way that we all describe this was very Greek. It's very, um, it's very appearance oriented. It's black, it's soft on one side, it's made of styrofoam, right? Whereas Hebrew thinkers would talk about the function of this. What is the purpose of this, right? We said eraser because that's what we call it, but you can make things go away with this, right? Hebrews would think of this in a different way. And when we, you know, I could have used other examples and they'd be described based on their appearance, most likely, okay? And that's how Greeks think. That's one way, that's one major difference. Now, when we talk about community, the way Greeks view community, I just wanna read this. It's typically based on agreement surrounding ideas or truth. Now think about this. In the church age, you could have a large church community that would justify or identify itself as a community based on believing in similar things. But can you see the problem with that? Can you see the limitation in that? Hmm. Whereas Hebrews, community-wise, requires life engagement. You can, you can start to see how, how we're aligned is, you can see where we're aligned and what we've come out of, right? You can't really have community to the extent or the fullness of our heritage or what our heritage would say if all it is yeah. is community is defined by you believe A, I believe A, so we're in a community now. Yeah. Right? Greek community does not require life involvement, and it's mostly philosophically based, okay? Hebrews view community, one of the ways they view community is they say you weep together and you rejoice together, okay? That is totally outside the realm of believing the same thing, right? And it's, fam it's a familial mode of operation. If you read James and you read Paul and they talk about the faith walk, it sounds like they're talking about family, right? They'll say, you rejoice together, you suffer together, right? Family does that. 
But the Greek way of thinking is mostly based around philosophy, how do we think about things, and if we believe the same ideas, then we're family. Uh, no joke, a comment in my past was, we can disagree all week long. Can I just have your attention for two hours on Sunday morning, and can we just say we agree on Sunday morning for two hours? Can you see where the bar for family is in that type of philosophy, right? And that's the way we think. And if we're, if we're Greek thinkers and we look at a, at a church community based on appearance, we'll evaluate the level of community and family based on what it looks like. There's lots of people. They believe the same thing. They've got a huge church building. So they must be doing something right. Right? And I'm not saying that they're not. Right? I'm just throwing these things out there to, to kind of help us review about where we've been. Mm-hmm. Okay? Some of the more general differences, Greeks are passive. Greek thinking is passive. It's impersonal. It's appearance-based. It's abstract in thought. Hebrew thinking is active, personal, function-based, concrete in thought, right? You can see how, how we're aligning ourselves in a different way just by nature of where Yahweh has taken us, right? If, if you didn't know which one of these descriptions was which, you would say we operate like Hebrews, right? Because most of the time... We know we can have disagreements, but we're not walking away, right? We're going to weep together. We're going to rejoice together. We're going to be in each other's personal space. We're going to be engaging life. We're going to be active, right? So just keep, keep that in mind as we, as we uh, continue to talk tonight. Um, one of the other points I wanted to go over as a summary was the narrow of narrows, This is something that Sarah said when we were in New Mexico. She said, you're on the narrow of narrows. We were like, who else talks like that? (laughs) So one of the things I wanted to point out is that Yahweh is calling us to this Hebrew way of life, and it's distinct from two other things. It's distinct from the non-believing Jewish community on one side, And it's also distinct from the non-Hebraic Christian church on the other side, okay? The the walk he's calling us to walk is distinct from the non-believing Jewish community and the non-Hebraic Christian church. Now think about being on the narrow of narrows. We talked about this, we're in the middle. We're walking this fine line in the middle And it's not about right or wrong or which one's right or wrong, but when we talk about the ministry of reconciliation, what do we do? Where do we go? Touch the wall. Where do we go to reconcile? In him. In him. Right? We meet in Yeshua, and that's where the one new man is birthed. Okay? Remember the dividing wall of hostility in the ministry of reconciliation, Ephesians 2, verses 14 through 15. I want to read this. For he is our shalom, the one who made the two into one and broke down the the dividing wall of separation. Within his flesh he made powerless the hostility, the law code of mitzvot contained in regulations. He did this in order to create one new man from the two groups, 
making shalom. Now, what's interesting about this is Yahweh broke down that wall of hostility forever. He made it, he made it void. He rendered it powerless. Okay, but I would submit to you that what Christianity as an institution has done has, has basically tried to resurrect a fence that Yahweh tore down. Or there's, we can't really resurrect something that he rendered void, but we can say, just don't go over there. That's not, that, that area don't, that's not for you. You stay over here on our side, right? He rendered it void, but Christianity as an institution historically has tried to resurrect the fence. When Paul's talking about the dividing wall of hostility, that word is really fence. And what that means, what's interesting is the mitzvot is the commandments, okay? Then you have rabbis who, who interpreted the commandments. They made a commentary on it called the Mishnah, the oral traditions or the oral commentary of the Torah, okay? Rabbinic interpreters were typically called builders of the wall. They were called builders of the wall. Now, when you think of a fence, you think, you know, your vows are a fence around your marriage. Silence is a fence around wisdom. Things like that. Fences safeguard things, right? And these rabbinic interpreters were called the builders of the wall because they were trying to safeguard the Torah, right? Their, their heart motivation was there, right? But they were trying to build a fence as well. So you have both sides trying to build a fence. And our walk that we're called to is the ministry of reconciliation, which everyone's called to. And we're supposed to go and touch that fence when everybody says, don't touch it, don't go there. Right? So when we talk about the dividing wall of hostility, we need to remember that as we move forward. And the purpose of Yahweh tearing down that wall forever was so he could stand in its place. Mm-hmm. Okay? Paul also talks about a different gospel in 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 4. Uh, this is interesting, and I wanted to highlight this because when we talk about that 1% or that degree that you can be off on your trajectory, right? It doesn't seem that big, big of a deal in the meantime, but further down the road, you could be way off, okay? And Paul warns against against receiving or teaching a different gospel. Now, I would challenge you to go read that, that verse in 2 Corinthians talking about what is a different gospel. When most, most of us think of the gospel, we think Jesus saved me, you know, and I'm going to heaven. That's the gospel. That's the good news, right? But we have to understand that there is one true gospel. And if anything is outside of that, or if it's off by 1%, it's a different gospel. Mm-hmm. Okay? <laughs> now listen, one thing, I want, I want to just mention this as a shadow of where we're going to be eventually. <laughs> okay? We're Hebrews, right? When people say, oh, Hebrew roots, you know, that's full of error, or, you know, that's a whatever, whatever they want to say. When you say you're a Hebrew, has anybody told anybody that yet? Have you gotten weird looks or like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Hebrew simply means crossover people. It means people that oppose the masses. 
And I'll tell you where it came from. The first Hebrew, his name was Eber. And when they were building the Tower of Babel, which was a, a symbol of rebellion against God, when they were building that tower, he crossed over the Euphrates River because he refused to lower the standard. He refused. So he stepped out of that and crossed over. That's who we are, right? We have to be the type of people that we will fight and die over that 1%, right? So remember these things as, we're, as we move forward and we continue to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight, okay? The different gospel, the dividing wall of hostility, the ministry of reconciliation that we've all been called to, okay? And the fact that God, Yahweh has, has made us aware of our heritage and our identity as Hebrews, as crossover people who the first Hebrew himself said, I refuse to align with the masses in their rebellion, so I'm going to cross over and stand on the opposite side. I'm going to oppose that complacency, that 1%. So when people challenge you and they say, just like she was talking about, oh, Christmas, Easter, this, but it's in my heart and we're, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're not under the law. When people start saying that stuff and they argue with you, right? You have to know in your own heart, this is what Yahweh called me to. He called all of us to bear the standard. Even if I die, my body will hold it up, right? That's what Hebrews are. They oppose the masses. What's one of the largest religions on the face of the earth right now? Muslim? Christianity, right, is one of them. Okay, now like she said, Yahweh takes us all through processes, right? It's all about the process, right? We've that. gone through a process. This just happens to be where we're at in the process now. But when you're enlightened to something, there's an, I'm, not, I'm not condemning Christians. I'm talking about the institution of Christianity yes. and being aware of the roots of where it came from. Being yeah. aware of the trajectory that we're put on by the tenets of, of Christianity as an institution. Okay? Amen? Mm -hmm. All right, so now we're going to continue and we're going to... Is that the whole review? <laughs> no, I'm just making sure. I'm sure we're going to tap into some, because you were I'm like sure tapping, into, more of, tapping into some yeah. stuff. Uh, if you guys remember the last time that we taught, what he is showing us on that second floor of honor with that second pillar is he's wanting us to dive into heritage. And the moment he spoke to dive into heritage, we recognized that we couldn't add in heritage until we tore down the heritage that had been given to us. So we started to study early church fathers, not early Hebraic fathers, right? Not, not, um, our cloud of witnesses and all of that, we were, we, were, we were studying early church fathers, which was post Yeshua around 50 AD, following the history of uh, what happened around 100 AD. Basically, here's the history, okay? 100 AD, anti-Semitism pretty much came in full force. Anti-Semitism anti is anti-Jewish. Then that began to trickle into the 300 AD, 
to where we will at the end of tonight read the church father that basically wrote down Christianity's doctrine. Is this making sense? When you say I'm a Christian, you automatically believe, well, that's because I believe in Yeshua. But what you're not understanding is that being a Christian is following a doctrine that started 325 AD that made it a religion to the point that what happens is, is you say, I, and we're gonna get into this, you say church versus what he used. You, we begin to be the 1% off, and then all of a sudden we don't know our heritage anymore. And we're just saying this is the truth and we don't even necessarily know where it came in. Is that making sense? So when he says that it's not about the non, non-believing Jews and non-believing, and, and the non-Hebraic and the non-Hebraic Christians and the narrow of narrow is right in the middle I don't mean middle compromise middle I don't mean a little bit of this and a little bit of that I mean one new man that does not identify with either one of them I'm not not on on the the fence. fence I'm not lukewarm I know what I stand for and now I know where my heritage has come from but in order to understand where I've come from I need to understand what had been passed down to me and 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 begin to understand what is it when I say I'm a Christian where did that come from and so we're going to talk about this because again I'm going to go back to the beginning not the beginning in Genesis but yes (laughs) really but what I, when I said that Christianity is anti-Christ, I'm saying that boldly because there are some things as Christians we've done that are absolutely anti the anointed one. And we say that we're walking with him. And this is when he says, you, law, you lawless ones, I didn't depart from me. I do not know you. You've done this in my name and this in my name. You workers of lawlessness, the ones that do not know the law. Because we've been told that you're not under it. Part of our review, Paul, understand the English translation. There is two words for law. In English, it's all law. So you hear Paul say, you're not under it. And then in the, he's schizophrenic. And then in the next chapter, it's beautiful. Do away with it. Honor it. And you're reading it like, what is going on? You have to understand that English just said all law, not recognizing that there's a difference between Torah and rabbinical law. There's a difference between the truth and the law versus uh, translations of the law. And it's the same thing that's happening with Christianity. Here's the truth and then here's my translation of truth and you should believe that translation and we're 1% off. Let me insert, okay? let me insert something right there. When Paul was talking about the dividing wall of hostility and this fence, what he's talking about is the oral commentary or the interpretation of right. the Torah. You have the mitzvot, which is the Torah. Remember the, commandments. the circles I drew? Then you Torah have the, the Mishnah, which is the commentary on the Torah. And okay? then legalism. One distinction. And then more commentary. One distinction is the commentary segregates Jew and Gentile in some parts. It's, it splits Jew and Gentile, right? That's what he's talking about in Ephesians when he says the regulations and the codes of the mitzvot. That's what he's talking about. He's talking about the interpretation that would separate Jew and Gentile. That's what Yahweh did away with forever. Not the Torah itself, okay? That's the difference with the laws. The word became flesh. So if you say you've done away with it, you've done away with him and his story is not done. So this is, all, this is all review. This is where we've gotten to. But what we got up to was about 300 AD. We did not get into where Constantine started. 
And so what we wanna get into tonight is we're gonna read Constantine's Creed. And the reason why we're doing this is because we need to understand all these years we've said, I'm a Christian, what you've been under. Now, Constantine just wrote it down. Constantine had been infiltrated for a couple hundred years in uh, anti-Semitism. So it's not like he's the father of anti-Semitism. I'm not gonna give him that much credit. He just wrote it down, made it a religion, okay? Then we're gonna, we're gonna go through this as a family. Fast forward 500 years ago, Reformation. Well, we're not part of the, we're not part of the Catholic Church because we are Protestants. Protestants took out even more, operated in even more anti-Semitism, and it was just a branch off of a branch that just began to keep on going. Is that okay to say that? When I get as strong as saying, but Martin Luther, the Reformation, Martin Luther's writing fueled Adolf Hitler. Okay? Are we all right? And this is everything that we carry when we say I'm a Christian. Not meaning to, but we need to understand. We can't just say, well, is this making, are you guys okay? So what we felt like we wanted to do tonight is because when I make a bold statement, Christianity is anti-Christ, I wanted to make out a list of some things that are not for him to begin to show tangibly when I say something that bold, you can go home and make eggs. <laughs> Take the egg I'm about to drop on that stove and put it somewhere, right? So this, so this is some just a couple of things. And I want us to see something. I had actually said the word stolen. I feel like I've been stolen from. What's powerful is he said, it's not so much stolen, but separated. But here's the thing. By nature, if you're separated from something, it means you've clung to something else. You're always connected to something. So if you've separated from something, that means that you've attached yourself to something in its place. So I want to talk about what we have and a little bit of what we have been attached to. And you're gonna see a theme. You wanna see the theme? I'm just gonna tell you the theme right now. The theme is, um, well, that, I probably should have had a word. That would have been a good, that would have been a good, like. You want to know the theme? Yes. I'm trying to think of the word. It's in my head. You're going to see, um, uh, would you rather have a million dollars or a hundred dollars? Thank you. No, you're going to see a million dollars and you're going to see a hundred dollars. What's the word? Diminish. You're, you're going to see a, a taking away. You're going to see a, a, a push down. You're going to see fullness into just a little bit. You get all of it, but I'm going to, I'm just going to, just going to feed you just a bread. I'm just going to give you a little bit. Here's the fullness of your identity. I really don't want to know what kind of power you have. Here's the fullness of his loving instructions, but you're only going to get 10. Okay. And then you're going to mock when I say there's more than 10, because those are bad. We only keep 10. Okay. So we're going to go through this. Is this, is this making sense? So there are 613 laws. Okay. As Christians in the Torah, as Christians, how many do we identify with? 10, kind of nine, because we don't do Shabbat. 
right? So, 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 okay. Now most of us might be like, look what Yeshua did, I'm free. But if you understand through the lens that this is loving instructions from my father, how many of us wanna be raised? I want somebody to tell me what to do, when to do it, how to do it, why to do it. Because when I'm all to myself, I'm all messed up. I'm not talking about rules and regulations and hierarchy and do this and do that and works. I'm not talking about the, 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 um, the, yeah. Remember the outer circle, right? There's Torah and all of a sudden it turned into Mishnah, Talmud, Gematria, legalism, right? Yeshua said that all has been done away with. But he also said that I'm going to write this small little piece because I am the fulfillment in your heart. So we, for some reason, think, well, then that just means 10, kind of. Does that make sense? Like, this is a beautiful thing. These are instructions from heaven on how to be set apart. Do you know how to be holy in and of yourself? And you can do the religious thing if you want, say, well, I went into my closet and Yeshua makes me holy, fine. But until you walk it out and until he's actually in you and it's excreting from your DNA and you have a different smell and you are transformed, that is just talk. That is a clanging symbol. That is what that means. It is just noise when you say, I prayed in tongues all day long, I don't care, right? This has to do with how do I be holy? How do I walk like him? How do I talk like him? How do I, how do I, is this, Got it? But we've dumped it down to just do 10. And maybe the world will think you're set apart. I don't, I don't think we're gonna be set apart just honoring maybe two. Honor your mother and father, honor Shabbat. We're like, what is the word, what's Shabbat? We're not holy, we're not set apart. This isn't a beautiful thing. Look what religion's done. You could have it all to not that much. All right. Kahal Ecclesia. I need some water. Is the air conditioning on? It's hot. Sorry. Okay. The word Kahal Ecclesia is the word, who knows it? In English. Church. I'm just going to go through this really quick. Set, awar- set apart ones, governmental family. One hour fellowship time where we agree for one hour. What? Common ideas for a couple of hours that's founded on fellowship. That's different than set apart ones talking about Eber, man. I almost lost it. Set apart ones, a governmental family, positioned to rule and reign, has been dumbed down to crumpets and coffee and some good fellowship, and then don't talk to me for the rest of the week. Unless there's a program. Huh? Yeah, we're gonna get to communion. We've been robbed with communion too. You guys good? Do you see the depletion? 
and what we're gaining. But, but for you guys, you've been doing this, but for our family, when I said we would gain, I about got stoned. Don't take away my church. Not this family, I'm just saying in general. Right, don't take away my church. Wait till we get to feast. <laughs> I, I still remember, I probably should have waited on that Easter one. That was like three years ago. What was I thinking? <laughs> feast. It says in the word to honor the Moedim for all generations. It doesn't say for just Jews. It says for the sons of Israel, okay? His feasts, and we're not gonna even get into that, but if you really understand what Genesis says, you're actually called to govern those feasts, not just celebrate them, but to re, uh, remember and observe to what? to call it for, to call the rest of the scroll forth. There's a purpose in all this. He didn't just say, this would be cute. There's a reason for this, okay? So feasts, how many feasts are there that we're supposed to celebrate? Thank you, seven appointed feasts. But as a family, we love Hanukkah. So we do Hanukkah too. And what did we get in the church? How many feasts did we get in the church? Maybe one, if you're a full gospel Pentecostal tongue talker, okay? Maybe one because you celebrated. Now listen to how arrogant this is. Pentecost, that's the beginning of the church. When you begin to wake up to this truth, who said that they had a passion that just wanted, was that you? You were like, I'm all hungry and on fire and I also want to throw something. I can't remember how you said it. But the... The beginning, Betty, you are not the beginning. I'm sorry, Christianity or what Christianity is. You are not the beginning. You are, there is a root that has been going and going and going and he honored that root. Okay, but we've been told, no, this is the birth of the church. He's done away with the Torah. You don't need to know about Mount Sinai. Just know about acts and tongues. And if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you've arrived arrogant okay right and then yes and then and then i just said one because pentecost maybe because easter and christmas i don't even touch pesach and christmas isn't even in there oh reformation day no uh no it's called like harvest oh fall festival Halloween, harvest, Christmas, Easter. And we don't need to get into it, but we've, we've broken all this down. What does is, what is eggs and a bunny have to do with the blood? Right? What does any, right? So this is seven to three. Now, this is a review, but <laughs> yes. This is a review, but do you remember where we were? But this is just the dumbed down, this is the fullness that's coming, amen? Okay, do you have more on that? Are you guys okay? Kind of. <laughs> Books, are you guys okay if I go there? Okay. Now I am not the great teacher on this. But so I'm just gonna throw some things out because I just wanna get us to think. So this is the shell in the pan. 
You can throw the shell out. You can eat the shell, whatever you want to do. <laughs> um, this is what's crazy about Protestantism. Even before Pro Protestantism, am I saying that right? There were 88 books in the Bible. Uh, no, I'm sorry, 80. Okay. Guys, all right. There are 66. Oh, I need another marker. There are 66 now. Okay. Now, I'm not, I'm not here to get in a debate of what's canonized, what's divine, and what's not. This is the shell in the pan. Okay. But what I am going to do is I'm going to get you to think. Who said the 14 or 15 that are not there now are not divine? That's all I'm going to say. Okay, who said? Does that, make, does that make sense? Because it gets really hard when you start talking to religion because this is the word and it ends with the word. And if it's not in the word and how I interpret it, then you are Jezebel. So I'm just saying there are some things out there, divine or not, but true, even if they're historical writings that Yeshua knew and ministered on them. I'm gonna throw just a couple things out there just to make it fun. You guys still okay? Okay. Do you guys believe Joshua is divine? The book of Joshua is okay, we've known that. Okay, Joshua 10, 12 through 13, happens to say the book of Jasher. And the context of what he's saying is, is somebody's challenging what he's saying. And he says, if you don't believe me, you can go ask Jasher. You can go to the recording of Jasher as another witness, which is just interesting. So all I'm saying is, where is it? And we have died on a hill with a less amount of things that Yeshua had access to. Okay? All right, here's another one. Uh, and I've kind of talked to you guys about this. This is going to blow your mind. And, and it kind of goes in with names. But the book of James is not James. It's Yaakov. It's the book of Jacob. So again, when we're talking about the truth and we're talking about books, all I'm wanting us to do as a family is to not say this translation and this English is what I am going to die on if you have not asked the questions. Okay? Is that all right? And again, 80 to 66. What are we missing? Can I say uh, this? I will say that almost all of the books that are not here are the ones that empower the people. They are the ones that show you who you are, how you are, how to activate, talks about the angelic, talks about Enoch, talks about, I mean, Enoch, Enoch is in the Bible, yes? He was once with God and then no longer was. Don't you kind of want to know about him? Guess what? There's some books about Enoch. In fact, there's three. 
Why do we not know more about Enoch? If he was once with God and then no longer was, I want to know where he went and why. He's talking about Eber. Okay, there's some things that I believe that in this time and in this era, he is opening up for those that walk the narrow of narrow that will be trusted to be able to carry the mysteries of things that have been locked down are gonna begin to get unlocked, okay? You guys still all right? I think I might just, we'll just skip over this. Basically, all I wanna say about this is, how much do we know in Christianity the Jewishness of Yeshua? Okay, we'll end there. Communion, how many cups of communion uh, do we believe as Christians? One cup, how many are there? How many, how many loaves of bread do you break? 56. The little, the little wafer. You break one over here. How many breads are there? Why is there two? Because the, the two, two houses. houses, right? And they become united. But hey, we don't need the two houses because we got rid of the yeah, ministry of reconciliation. One. So let's just eat from one bread. Okay, all we need is redemption. Remember, you guys have heard me talk about this. We're just a bunch of people that just want redemption, but we don't want the sanctification. We don't want the praise. We don't want to have to be thankful. We don't want to have to be sanctified. And we don't want to be delivered. We just want to be redeemed. This is the cup of redemption, and that's all we know about. But he says, be sanctified. He says, be delivered. Then he says, I will redeem you. And out of that, be thankful and be filled with praise. But we've been walking around with, I'm redeemed entitled and not sanctified okay dumb down now i'm not saying i believe this is the fullness but most people be like i do not want to go through all that i'm good with my one cup if you want a life that is 100 or or a 30 60 100 fold right 90 fold if you want 30 it is a narrow road but the fullness okay names we kind of already talked about that. Just in general, the names, they're, I'm gonna just say two things. We have been tripped up on translation and outright lies. Okay, I saw a lot of posts after we ministered on Yeshua saying, don't you fall trapped to that legalistic religious stuff because Jesus is just the English version of his name. Okay, can I break this down a little bit? All right, <laughs> that's fine as long as you're aware that that's a seven times removed translation. I would hope that at the end of, I am Tanya, so if I go to seven different countries, by the time I get to the seventh country, I hope they're not like, well, I'm sorry, this is how I pronounce it. Your name is Jessica. <laughs> I am gonna say, I am, I'm gonna go like this, Tanya. They're not gonna go, Jessica, right? It's, it's not, it doesn't even, this isn't a pronunciation issue, right? We're talking about, but that's the English way to, that's fine, but I don't care what country I'm in, this is still my name. And so no matter how you spell it, whether it's Chinese, Japanese, there's still a, uh, a there's a sound, okay? It doesn't just transform into something totally different. Again, I'm not condemning if that's where people are. 
Jesus is who I knew for that he that I'm not talking about that but if you know but if you know he's calling out the mature ones to say I want another level of maturity there's another level of glory and I want to go back to the original intent if you declare in one place take me back to my original intent but you don't want to go back to the original intent and who he is you're a divided house so you can't say, make me, you know, uh, whatever your original intent would be. I, I, I want to be disease free. Jesus. Come on now. As a Christian church, I'm not seeing a whole lot of power. In fact, I'm seeing a whole lot of us looking like the world. And so there's an aspect of where we're, we're a divided home or it's hypocritical because we're saying, heal me in the name of Jesus. And he's like, <laughs> You want the original intent for your body and you don't even know my original intent. So again, he will honor you guys understand what I'm saying, right? But if we are a mature people, this is what he's calling us to. So there's translation, yes, but names don't change. And yes, there is translation, but just be aware that when you translate, when you translate, you still always wanna go back to the original out of honor so that you understand what that name is, okay? Then there's just the outright lies like James and, and Yahakov, where we just outright, we just change things. Make sense? Yeah. Then uh, this was just kind of a funny one that came in my spirit, but sound. <laughs> Ancient pathways. So we went from shofar to fog machines. We went from shofar sounds to our three songs that are filling the gap for all the late people to hear the word of the pastor. Come on, guys. Because when you when you blow a shofar now, I mean now it's normal, but when you blow when you blow a shofar in the beginning, it was like, what? He knows shofars, he does not know foghorns. Or not fog, well, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe, but he doesn't know the fog machines. He knows glory, okay? He, he doesn't know, he doesn't, he doesn't know the three song and then stop. He doesn't understand that. He understands new moons and different blasts and different frequencies, and that's how he operated, okay? To me, we've been robbed from, okay? We've been, we've, there's been, a, I don't know the theme, but diminishing, I got the word right? Yeah, clung to something else. Clung to something else. Now, most people, right, when you get into this, when you start having these conversations or you lay this out, 99% of people are just going to be like, you're just, you're just, you're getting stuck on these things. And it's, and that's where you have to remember that we're not, stuck. we're not satisfied with even being misaligned 1%. Yes. We're not satisfied with that. And that's why you're on the narrow of narrows. You're not going to take a cruise ship or a party bus on the narrow of narrows because it's not for the masses. It's not for the 99%. So it's those people that Yahweh is scouring the earth for that are looking to say, I want to know if I'm off by a 25th of a percent. Right? So in most people, they're going to say, you know what? This, this is good, though. This is good. It is good. Well, how, how, have you heard the phrase, good is the enemy of great? Good, it's the people that, that 
that walk by that and they say, I don't want good. I will give up good yeah. to maybe get great. Those are the people that are wealthy in this world, the people that understand that. And the spirit, we have to understand that. I don't, we're just not satisfied. This was yeah. good. We walked this out. It was a part of our life. But once you get revelation of yes. what is more or what you're misaligned in, even if it's 1%, Yahweh wants those people on the narrow. He wants those people upholding his standard because he knows they're not going to get distracted by just something that's good. Right? Mm -hmm. But most people you can't even talk on that wavelength with because, no, no, we're good. Good is good. Good is good. Good is the top. And obviously it's not up here, but just to tie all things up, we started with Shabbat. Shabbat over here. And the, full, and the reason why I started with this is the fullness of all of that has been reduced down to a, a fellowship gathering any day of the week. But you, you understand it's not about how you do it, but it's about understanding or what has been taught into as families. We've talked about this before. The Christian church has one of the highest divorce rates. Think about how, how much have we been? We're live. <laughs> I, I, well, I wanna honor this community. Because there's an aspect of, um, of breaking away from that standard that has caused rampant divorce. Okay? Can I say that? And in this community, we have not had one. Okay? And I know in your guys' community, over 20 years, not one divorce. We're five years, six, I mean, we are a 60, 74. Get it, Gabe! <laughs> we are a 75 year old ministry, but we are only five to six years in this. And in the five to six, in the last five to six years, not one divorce. And we are on the trajectory that we will be able to say that after 20, 25, 30, 35 years, we are not going to have broken homes because we believe that the family is the foundation. He is, and I said this a couple weeks ago, I don't even remember when I said it, Yahweh himself. Yahweh himself inserted him in to the Godhead, the three in one. He is about community. And so there is an aspect where that third, the, the third strand that would, that, that would, you know what I'm talking about. The third strand that would not be easily be broken and covenant and all that there is that has been robbed from us, which is why it's so rampant in the Christian church. You don't feel like you're, you don't feel like you're married. You don't, it doesn't feel good anymore. Come on, I'll take you to the, I'll take you to the court system. I will counsel you through this. <laughs> well, think about it. If <laughs> Does it make sense? How much ridicule or mockery of mom and dad? Hey, oh, you call them mom and dad? That's weird, right? That, that is, is normal on this side because the father of the house is the strength of the house and the mother of the house is the bond of the house. And if you don't have that in your house and you're not remembering and observing, one. right? If you live in a community where it's based on common ideas or truths and, and not a standard, you can hop around communities until you find one on. that agrees with what you think and then you can have community there. It's based on common ideas, not 
one objective standard. That's another good one, family. But we're like, let's find a pastor and an apostle. Now, you guys know what I'm talking about because we've walked through this. <laughs> we, we walked through we've all this. We've literally been little sister. <laughs> we've literally been the pastors. We've also been the apostles. So when people are like, this is weird, your mom and dad, all it is is we are, we are wanting to infiltrate the concept, not even the concept, but the manifestation of covenant that we, don't that we did not go through all this in the last five years without understanding that. Okay? So, we're almost done with time. So I'm gonna read this. I want, knowing all of this, I wanna read the Constantine's Creed, which is the Christian creed that we have been under, that we are coming out of, that are out of. Is this, are you guys okay with that? Because I want us to make sure that we understand that when we talk about our doctrine of faith and you can go around and shop around, you can find whichever faith doctrine statement you that sits well with you. But at the end of the day, it is going to come from Protestantism, which came from Catholicism, okay? Which then came from where we're going, which is the original intent. Does that make sense? Okay. So I want us to, I'm, are you guys okay? All right. The Council of Nicaea around 325 AD by the early church fathers, this is what they wrote down. I renounce all customs, rites, legalisms, unleavened breads, sacrifices of lambs of the Hebrews, all of the feasts of the Hebrews, sacrifices, prayers, aspirations, purifications, sanctifications, propitiations, and fasts, and new moons, and Sabbaths, and superstitions, and hymns, and chants, and observances, and synagogues, and the food and the drink of the Hebrews. I renounce absolutely everything Jewish, every law, right, and custom, and if afterwards I shall be found to deny and return to Jewish superstition, or shall be found eating with Jews, or feasting with them, or secretly conversing and condemning the, Christ the Christian religion instead of openly confuting them and condemning their vain faith, then let the trembling of Cain and the leprosy of Gehazi cleave to me, as well as the legal punishments to which I acknowledge myself liable. And may I be in anathema in the world to come, and may my soul be set down with Satan and the devils. I accept all customs, right, legalisms, and feasts of the Romans, sacrifices, prayers, purifications with water, sanctifications by the Pontificus Maximus, which is the Pope, propitiations and feasts, the new Sabbath, which is soul day, Sunday, and new chants and observances and all the food and drinks of the Romans. I accept everything Roman, every new law, right, and custom of Rome and the new Roman religion. Not only are we renouncing his history and receiving another history, the level of hatred alone in that creed to live by. Now here's what's so crazy. Here's the 1%. Fast forward, here's my history. I have letters that have been sent to me by pastors that have said that you will die like Uzzah. What I'm getting at is hatred is the foundation of a lot of the separations in religion. The original intent is with 
remembering and observing and loving and honoring and questioning and seeking and diving and accepting 72 layers plus 72 layers. It's not black and white. I'm, I'm talking about a Hebraic lifestyle where it's not about I know about him, but that I know him, that I don't know of him, but I know how him. It's not that I know, I know how he is, not just who he is. I can know about Sally, but until I live with her and dine with her and dwell with her, would I know how she is, how she thinks, what's, so, so, what is, so what, is hap what is happening is when that happens, there are gateways that begin to open up. And what does it say he is? He is love. He is love. They will know them by their love. And our foundation is don't you dine with them? Don't you eat with them? Don't you talk with them? Don't you? And if you do, may I go down with the devils. That's why we've had to spend 2,000 years casting out devils, because we're so focused on the demonic. But what does the Word say? The Word says that whatever you adore, you become. We've been messing around with the demons way too long. Start activating the beings and the angels and Enoch. And all of a sudden you begin to just, what is happening to me? All of a sudden, I'm not aware of the demons that have been on me. All of a sudden, the hatred and all the, the word curses and I need to get rid of this and I need to get rid of that and I need to, and, and, and all the hatred and all the, just the ick and the judgment and what about this and what about that and what's right and what's wrong? That's a tree of good and evil. Now we're going back to the beginning. There is a tree of life. And we have access to that tree, but we've been lied to and we've been told, eat from the tree of good and evil. Eat from the tree of judgment. Get those sinners in here. And then once they're in here, we'll just tell everybody, you know, now all of a sudden we're just awesome. That has nothing to do with the gospel. And so when you begin to be transformed and you begin to operate in those different frequencies in the original intent, you start to transform. You become love which is complete, I, I'm saying this because I don't want us to get hit. Well, I'm not Catholic. Well, I never, I never broke, I don't, that's not the point. The point is a bloodline thing. The point is what are we believing and what are we receiving and what is my foundation? And I need to untwist some things if I wanna step out and be like Eber and say not. I, I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna be part of the Tower of Babel. I'm not gonna be part of building a kingdom trying to get higher, I'm just gonna be higher. Okay, there's, there's a crossover people. It means I have access right here. I don't need to build to try. I am. So there, there's, there, there's something that's beginning to, to, to just, do you feel that? <laughs> you just, I feel like a transformer. I don't know what's going on. It's like you just start to like kink, you know? All these years focusing on certain things and all of a sudden you're just, what is the truth? Right? Not what, what, not, not what is the, not head knowledge truth. Please do not start trying to get head knowledge truth. What's happening to this group of people is we are moving from head knowledge. We are moving from knowledge to feeling. And all of a sudden the connections from our brain waves of this Greek mindset of what's right and what's wrong and, and what, it's all of a sudden tapping into our heart. 
And then our heart begins to open up and now we're about our father's business. And all of a sudden our heart begins to feel. Let's talk about feeling. We've been taught religion. Sit down, shut up, don't cry, and no emotion. Emotions are for pansies. Men, no emotion. Women, if you are, you're manipulative. You're manipulative. Yeshua was fit. He healed out of compassion. He was about his father's business and he was very emotional. And we don't know that because we've been lied to because we think that he's a certain way. So what's happening is, is all this head knowledge is just going away and it's tapping into our heart. And within our heart, we're beginning to feel some things. You want to know why you're feeling them? Because you know already. This isn't new. We're going back to the original intent. You've always known this. So all of a sudden you're like, I don't struggle with affection. I have lived a lifestyle thinking that I struggle with affection. So I've been so focused on struggling on affection that I stopped being affectionate because I, I put my attention on, I just, I, I don't know how to be affectionate. So all of a sudden I'd not. All of a sudden I wake up, what? I am love and I am obnoxiously affectionate. Like I'm obnoxious. <laughs> I am obnoxiously affectionate. I didn't get through, I didn't go through deliverance. I didn't cast that non-affectionate demon out of my life. I began to just, who are you, Yeshua? Whoa, you cried. All, and all of a sudden you begin to tap into this emotion and then all of a sudden you're just like, how do I express it? I need to touch somebody. Because Yeshua touched. Per, no person, come here. <laughs> we as Americans, personal space, Yeshua. It was, there, there was none. Right? There was none. And so there's this aspect of just, you're just going to begin. It's not going to be anything you're going to try. It's just going to be, you're just going to begin to wake up and your heart's going to begin to come alive to some of the, the fullness of this. And when that happens, you will express who he is and his original intent. Amen. And I say all of that because did that creed sound like anything about an original intent? I don't think that there's anything in Yeshua's heart when he was the one that was sitting with the tax collectors that would say, don't you dare dine with those people. It doesn't even sound like him. And yet I've proudly proclaimed for how many years, I am a Christian saved by grace. Merry Christmas. And I'm gonna fight that battle because God forbid we say happy holidays. Right? We are fighting the wrong battles when it has nothing to do with that. You are going to be crazy. And you're going to be few. But you're going you're gonna to be him. Okay? And when you detach from, right? When you detach from what we've clung to out of not knowing, people are going to say, oh, well, you're a Jew. You've, you've converted to Judaism and now you're in the law, right? And that's when we have to remember we're, we're, we're not on either side of the fence. We're in him because that's where we the one Hebrews. new man is created. And another history, we all know that what connects us, 
What is the common denominator between Jew and Gentile? I gave the answer. Hebrew. Right? There's 12 tribes. Yehuda is Jew. Everyone else, not. Gentile is a part of the tribes. I know most people think tribes are all Jews. No, the, there was, there's Gentile in those tribes because you're in there. Okay? So the common denominator, and I'm trying to figure out how to, hopefully I can say this right. All Jews are Hebrews. Not all Hebrews are Jews. Okay? Not all, you get it. The common denominator are we are crossed over people. Go back to Eber. It was before the tribes. Hebrews. Make sense? So when people say, oh, you're, you know, you're doing this. Well, then that means that you're in Judaism. Well, and then well, you're not a Christian. So what? It, I'm a Hebrew. Okay. Amen. I didn't have a word for you, but this is my other son, Jacob. Aww, thank you. <laughs> that word's enough. Um, I was about to just like, but you cut it off. It's all right. No, you I'll can, give it to you. You can let, it, let me I'll have g- it. I'll give it to you later. All right, cool. <laughs> it's hard to just kind of, do I go in now? Do I? I know. But I was loving what you're saying. Like, it's just letting it just kind of soak in. And anyways, so my beautiful bride had to leave and take on, take care of some, some things. And so she said, you got this. And I said, (laughs) you're right. I do. Okay. Trading floor. So it looks like we've done an amazing job of first fruits. I just want to show you guys something. You know, when, when we would do first or do this type of stuff, right? Those $1 bills would just be flying, right? Which is amazing. I thought about going to the bank and at least getting a hundred ones. And then it seemed like I was just making it rain. Talk about good, better best, like what you were talking about, dad, right? That good or that great. Uh, and, and Gabby's always talking about the, the levels, right? She gets all mathematical and starts going into it, right? Uh, tithe, offering, first fruits, all that kind of stuff. Good, better, best. You guys are getting the theme of what's going on. It was. Because it I don't know how far it came out, but anyways, that's a hundred dollar bill. Like to me, to me, this to me is a sign that our community, okay, is, is grasping the best, right? Grasping the first fruits, grasping. I mean, I'm, I actually, I don't see. all but maybe $10 worth of ones. And everything is more than that. I just, it, this is amazing that we, we could see, what's that? sorry, sorry, out of the dotted lines, uh, that we could see the progression of 
what we were once separated from and what we were always clinging to and recognizing the lack of what we are always clinging to, right? And so uh, it's time to trade in some other things. Just, just bear with me. Some other things that I was thinking about as just as I was tasked by my wife to say, you got this, you're taking on trading floor. Is when mom was a, first started talking about this stuff right at the top of the list, man, I tell you what, I felt like, I feel like I'm in a, uh, a, in a university level class. Like, like I got a, a professor who's spouting off some way crazy technical terms and I'm sitting there trying to figure out what's going on. And I just paid, or let me just, so painting a picture, we have an amazing professor who's teaching us some extreme, like the nitty gritty of the original of t- intent, okay? And we are just soaking it up. And by what we just are seeing with our, our first fruits, it's absolutely changing who we are, okay? People pay hundreds of thousands of dollars to go into debt to get this kind of education, right? Okay. Mom and dad pay money, tuition, to learn, right? To get a deeper understanding of what's going on, okay? And then presents it to our community, okay? All right? What are we trading? Are we willing, follow me, are we willing to pay hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? To get what mom and dad are giving to us, right? If, if it was just this, we would be in debt, mom. We would, we would. But because it's this, We can, we can trade in hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? So let's trade into that because we cannot afford to not up our ante to be at a best level, right? We cannot afford to not be there and operate that way, especially with the, with the things, with the teachings that mom and dad are bringing to us, the, where we're at when we trade in, we, we have to match what is getting brought to us. And if we're not, if we're not matching that from our trading standpoint, we're here and then we're in debt. There's some sort of a debt that's accruing because we are living here, but we are getting this. Are you guys following me? All right. Just wanted to paint a picture. This is what was just, so we have an amazing opportunity to trade into our university of whatever. Amazing mom and dad. I'll come up with a better title. All right. So uh, live, that goes for you. You're sitting on your couch watching live or you're driving and maybe watching live. Be careful or whatever, 
But you guys are experiencing the exact same thing that we are experiencing here. And if live, if you continue to stay on here, you're gonna miss what's going on here. So I imagine that the text to give numbers being flashed on the screen. I trust that that's, being, that's happening right now. So let's go ahead and trade into that, okay? All right, whether that's you walking up and flashing the old phone or if you got leftover bills that you haven't thrown out onto the floor yet. All right, love you guys. Thank you, brother. That was good. Family, we've done well. All right, so I'm being told that our family would like to bless uh, mom and dad or declare over you, bless you, say good things, cover you. <laughs> yeah. Actually, this is not um, just for mom and dad or brother and sister. <laughs> um, this, uh, we just felt on our heart to, to give something to you guys that we do within our own community because we are one house in the end. And this is something we do every single week at the end of our service. And it's just very beautiful and um, very deep. And so if I could just ask everybody to gather their families and their children at the front here, this is not just about leadership, this is about family. Yes, we're gonna huddle. We're gonna get Israeli and Jewish and we're gonna get nice and tight. So this is um, located in Numbers 6, verse 22, and it's the Aaronic benediction. And this is what they do in the land. But it's not just about being in the land, it's about being family. And um, so I just wanna reference what Numbers 6:22 says. And again, Adonai spoke to Moshe saying, speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, thus you are to bless Israel by saying to them. And so you put your hands on your, on your family, on their heads. And it's like saying that as you place your hands on each other and bless each other, that you are being the physical manifestation of Yahweh placing his hand and his blessing over you. So this is something we just want to kind of gift to you guys. So as he sings it, take it in, even if you don't understand the words, because we are one house, one family, and one sound. <laughs> Abba Father, we just, we, we honor you as family in this house. I thank you, Abba Father, and we just give this all back to you. It's for our families, but it came from you. So I thank you because that blessing, it corresponds with the heavenly realm. It corresponds with the unseen. And so we just love you. We honor you, and we thank you for this Shabbat. We thank you for the candles. We thank you for the idea that they propose in redemption and creation. 
And we just thank you, Heavenly Father, for the message that's came forth. It cuts through like the sword. And so we just, we bless you. We honor you and we thank you for this blessing that you have given us, that you have commanded us for our families, for the generations upon the generations. So we just love you and we bless you in Yeshua's name. you and Yahweh will keep you. Yahweh will make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Yahweh will lift up his countenance upon you and Yahweh will give you his everlasting peace. May the name of Yahweh be upon you forever. Amen. And with that live, be blessed in this new week. Thank you for listening to this message from Kingdom Heirs International. If you have received insight and revelation with this message, we invite you to claim that revelation by trading on the trading floor with this ministry. You can do that at kingdomheirsflag.org. Thank you.